first of all, thank you very much for all the help that we've gotten here at Sokokoji for this teacher, for this community, and for this mandala. Please continue to help us if you can, and also help us just by joining and participating in this community, this spiritual community, this Sangha, whose intention is to see what is true. This morning, I am going to, this is something I have written, and the way that I write is to say something over and over and over and I come back and re-say it and re-say it and re-say it. I don't do that in Dharma talks, or maybe a little bit. This one I'm going to read because there's so many items here that I want to make sure I cover. So I will read this, um, three, three, four paragraphs, and then I will uh, ask for questions, although I may elaborate a little further because sometimes I can't stop jabbering. But I'll start out with saying, you don't need a belief system. The way I see Buddhism, having practiced it for 50 years, is that it's a structure that supports your consciousness, your awareness, and seeing what is true. There's not something to believe there. I don't believe in Buddhism. And someone who believes in the tenets of Buddhism is not exactly a Buddhist. Maybe they think they are. Maybe that's okay. This is what belief does, just stops the awareness because then you, you have a reference point that you can refer to that just further reifies your physical existence as someone who's here who is a particular what follower or devotee or whatever you want to use. Don't believe anybody, don't believe anything, you find out. But that doesn't mean believe your thoughts. You've heard me say this hundreds of times. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't believe your emotions. Have the emotions, don't stop the emotions. Don't elaborate on, elaborate on the emotions. Don't do anything with them, but just feel. That takes a lot of practice to do that because we have, we have centuries and centuries, millennia of doing this, doing that, stopping this, starting this, control, control, control. That's why this is called awakening. If you actually awaken, there will be no evidence and there will be no substance. Consider what I'm saying. How could I even say such a thing if I didn't have some kind of a proof? Proof is relative, relative. What is relative? Untrue. It's only relatively true, but ultimately, not so. so I'm going to read this. I may have a little more to say, or I may not. So the title of or the topic is Without Direct Mind Training. So without directly training the mind, I'm going to elaborate already, without directly training the mind to see what this is and what is this, anything that arises in the mind stream. Start there. A very radical approach. Rad radical comes from the root word radix. It's at, as close as you can get to the root of anything. And possibly it's even deeper than that. If you want to continue to use relative terms. Without direct mind training, now I'm going to read. Not just Buddhism, not just Zen, not just Tantra and all of their training structures, programs, etc. But what happens if artificial intelligence connects with the political outrageous outrageousness of our current age with all of its terrorism and insanity that shows up as cultism, corporate greed and dictatorships? And I could go on and on, but I, I don't need to, you know. 
going a little bit into the political area because the politics of experience, experience extend from the kitchen sink level right on up to the stars. Without mind training, without, my, without training the mind, forget about Buddhism, just your mind without training that mind, without sitting down and seeing the basic disturbance of human beings' minds, which is the belief, belief that they are separate from other beings, duality. If this is not addressed, then it is very difficult to continue to function sanely or with a natural equanimity or balance that is already here, already, already awake. In other words, having fundamental respect for the truth of dependent origination, which is a, the translation of Pratitya Samatpada in Sanskrit for nothing come from its own side is a single thing. Because you are aware of what you are and what this world is, not separate. It, it's heartbreaking if you don't see this. And, and, but if you do see it and you see all of the confusion in the world, including the person standing next to you, the person you just turned away from, the person you just hugged, doesn't make any difference which one it is. If you're trying to navigate to get somewhere to get something or avoid something, this is the very nature of ego or narcissism, confusion, and it actually fuels the horrible activities that are happening all over the world under the banner of whatever, whatever, any kind of banner. Don't promote anything. You find out, you find out for yourself. It's not separate, this is not separate. If you see it, all the questions stop, the past and the future vanish, and there's just this, always. I've recently had students leave me because I'm too pushy, too aggressive. Well, I don't know how much time I have left. I intend to and, and, and push on this as much as I can without knocking you over. I have a stick if I need to do that. I don't need my voice because I'm too aggressive. Is that person wrong? No. No, incorrect. They're doing what, what it looks like to them. It's just surprising to me that someone can sit and train their mind and still not get a little glimpse of what this is. I'd be happy to take questions from you. Please don't hold back. Yes. If we have no, no control over the mind, then how can we train it? You have the inspiration to see the truth or you wouldn't be here. Everyone here has the inspiration to know who they are, or maybe have heard the, the Buddhist teachings and have the inspiration to look, how do I look deeper into this? Is that what you're asking me about? How will we know if we have a trained mind? You won't but you will no longer be confused about anything. You, you really won't even any longer have a mind. You're not separate from uh, that, that piece of dirt on the floor. Well, hopefully there's no dirt in here. What is that? That's a mouse turd. No, it's not, piece of rice. 
but it won't be separate from that or, or the farthest galaxy. And it won't be some kind of wonderful feeling of togetherness with everything. That's bullshit. Some kind of idealism replacing the very intelligence that you need to see what this is. I probably I'm get, going to get more and more cranky. Being a sweetheart, which I've been for about, what, 50 years, <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> When I say it's not working, I'm just saying. I don't know if it's working or not. Pretty choiceless for me. Yes. So if we are not separate, does what we do on the cushion impact other minds? Bowing? Yes. My, fundamental nature of mind or consciousness is it's not separate from anything. You are not separate from anyone. It just that's the illusion of separation that we buy into that we go to war with, that we go to peace with, we get, take any position on anything. As it says in the sutra, uh, picking and choosing is a disease of the mind. Don't do it. You may have to observe the way you keep jumping to this conclusion or that conclusion all day long. Just don't second the motion. Just don't just watch the, the mind grasp and slowly wean yourself away from the tyranny of ego, from the walls of the mind from the, the mirage of duality, not separate from anyone. Also not the same, so you, you're not going to be able to find a position. So we use, I use the Buddha's Dharma, not because I believe in Buddhism, it's that we need some kind of a structure. As I've said before, I went out in the parking lot and sat on a tin can and with my, uh, baseball hat on, I might get a few people interested in what I had to have to say, but not many. But Buddhism is an incredible raft, been around for millennia, to actually use this practice to cross as a, a image, uh, cross the river of samsara. Cross the river of confusion about the nature of who you are and what this is. This doesn't mean that someone down the street who's never heard about Buddhism, or if they have, they're not interested, or maybe have come in here and left. It's not incorrect. You may not be able to see this. You may not be inspired by what you hear here. Go ahead, please. Is it, or how is it helpful to act as if we're not separate when we don't see it? Don't act as if you're not separate. The training, as the way I talk about it, people do this differently, is to just observe the differentiation. Don't fix it. Just observe the way your mind grasps at this, rejects that. Just observe that. If we're on the Bodhisattva path and we're, we help everyone or try to save all beings, is that a kind of acting, is it? Somewhat. This is why we repeat the vow. I vow to be with all things. We recite or repeat the 16 precepts and, con and contemplate them. Some of them are going to be more important to, say, you than they are to someone else. 
someone another person might spend more time on one particular precept another person might not use those alone uh, at all and might I do it a different way so it's about finding some way to reinforce the intention to see what this see the truth and the best reinforcement as far as I know from what I've seen is hold still with all the senses open sit symmetrical and watch what keeps going into uh, the asymmetry or the appearance of asymmetry in the mind. I like it. I don't. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be this way. It should be that way. I have to stop feeling this way. Why won't this stop? Why am I suffering? I don't deserve this. I can do this all day long. How, how do I know about it? I've done it myself. So I can sit here and tell you this and encourage you to don't, don't waste your time. This house is burning down. Don't waste your time. And what do I mean by that? Train your mind. Train your mind to see what this is yourself. Don't get your, your information from me necessarily. I'm going to be here to help you as much as I can, but I cannot do it for you. Sano. Sano, darling. So I pretend to be nicer than I am, so I'm not an abusive jerk. Would being genuine mean to not pretend to be nicer than I am? Not necessarily. I follow what you're saying. I would say that the important thing is to be responsible. In other words, there are not a you, not the ego aspect of the consciousness or the paranoid part of the consciousness, but the, the part of the consciousness that could be said to be your, your basic uh, uh, affinity with others. So you could be responsible. You, whatever rises in your uh, mind as negativity, even though it was apparently triggered by the person across the table or down the hall or next door or a fellow or someone who's even a friend uh, triggering that, be responsible for the emotion. In other words, you feel that, but don't don't turn to outflows to get rid of it. In other words, blaming them, even though they apparently triggered that. So that would be the way to, to work with that as near as I can explain it. More? Good question. Yes. Can we see the, uh, the Buddha nature and the identity in situations like Sanho was just talking about? Or trying to be responsible? Is that actually seeing the difference between Buddha nature and ego? Paraphrase yourself what you just said. Simple. What's a simple question? Is it possible to see? Yes, thank you. Possible to see. But how that's going to show up cannot be characterized in a way that doesn't actually prevent you from seeing it. Because then we keep going to the, the formula, keep going to the how it's done, keep going, keep going, looking for results or looking for a, a we just turn, we get on the raft and we push off and then we get to the shoreline and we just turn right around and keep going around in circles on the raft instead of heading to the shore, threatening. We don't know what that is. Go towards the unknown. You can do it. The only thing will, that will happen is you'll probably be devastated by it. So what? So what? What? Can we go to the teacher when we see ourselves going in circles on the raft? Yes. How do we go to the teacher? Um, got his phone number. That way you can also just look at a picture. 
You can look at an image of the Buddha. You're not worshiping something. You're just you're looking at some kind of representation of your own mind that seems to be out here somewhere. You go to the fundamental nature of the duality and you stare it right in the face and you don't go towards it. You don't move away from it and you don't ignore it. Those are the three poisons. Just receive. If you're, if you're there and your senses are open, probably going to receive. You can't deliberately hear something or not hear something. There's a noise, you'll hear it. If there's something that comes in front of you, you'll see it. Interest, senses are very interesting. It's hard to put something in your mouth without tasting it. You actually taste it. So you're, everything is happening to is not happening to a, a separate self. It is happening in consciousness. The, the, what is arising here that is able to formulate words and what is uh, happening here is able to, in the ear consciousness, auditory, is able to hear sounds. And, and we have a language series of concepts that get together that represent meaning. More? I think I heard you say that if we bring our confusion to somebody who sees what this is, yes, or represents our intention, and just sit with it, it's a way of receiving our own confusion. Got a question? There's no formula for it other than the ones, the traditional ones that I also encourage. Refuge. Refuge in the, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, one who's your teacher, and uh, whatever is being taught, and the community of people who are trying to understand that. In, in our situation, it's traditionally the Buddha's Dharma, or the, the truth of awakened truth. So it's important to take, train your mind. That's why I'm saying about we're, we're, we are really in for it. Um, it's not about believing in Buddhism or believing in anything. It's about seeing the truth yourself. See it yourself. So have no, no more questions about it. Yes. Nicole Bowie, is it possible to train your mind off of the cushion? doesn't look like it to me. I mean, if you're talking about walking in the woods and doing meditation and contemplating the trees or the birds or anything, no, that's called entertainment or enjoyment. Uh, the closest you could come to training your mind off the ground is go sit in a graveyard and contemplate death. Am I giving you instructions to do that? No. I'm just saying that you have to find some way to get to the reality of this situation, which is impermanent. This is going away. Anything that arises is going away, including your anger, your discontent, your happiness it will not last. It may keep returning. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think it's necessary to take everything you can and hold it very still and watch what continues to erupt out of the mind stream, yours, mine, or anyone's, and not, not agree with it, not disagree with it, and not ignore it. It's just like the sky doesn't, doesn't give a damn about the clouds. But the clouds come and go and do whatever they want to do and then, and then they leave. The sky doesn't go anywhere. And your true nature, and don't believe me, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, your true nature is like the sky. is isn't anything. 
it's, it's empty of anything. This is why the emptiness teaching is emphasized on, on the path, but it's not the fruition, as some teachers say, it's not the fruition. The fruition is this, and it is radiant. That doesn't mean it's self-affirming or something like that, some silly kind of flower child statement. More? Good question. Well, bowing. I guess just in my new situation of being a new mom, just wondering when I have a hard time to get getting to the cushion. It's very situational. Maya's over here crying and you're taking care of her or you're feeding her or whatever, and then she goes to sleep. As soon as she goes to sleep, sit down on the cushion, look at the wall. Strike a bell if you can, if it doesn't wake her up. Do it situationally. You can do this, but you have to have the intention. You have to be very aware of the three marks of existence, the four marks of existence. Do you know what those are? Can you recite them? This is why the study part is so important. The teacher is important. The, what is being taught, what has been taught down through the centuries. If you, any of you, if you don't know what the three marks of existence are, you need to go study up on them. I've given several talks on them myself. Everything is impermanent. Everything is suffering, and there's no self anywhere, no solid self anywhere. Sano. There's one more, sometimes called peace. Now you really answered the question. Yes. And if you don't do, if you don't buy into anything, you don't sell anything. The merchandising situation is just gone. This doesn't mean you don't um, go to the Horox and buy some asparagus. And if you do, let me know. I've got some things I want you to pick up for me. I'm saying it doesn't mean that you, you, you disown the whole relative thing and be, go to the top of a mountain and eat nettles like Melarepa. This is not about Melarepa, or is it not, not about Melarepa? You have to see what it is so that you know what your path is. You may need to become a monk. You may not. You may just be a mother and have a job or whatever, but... Without what I'm trying to emphasize by what I read here is that you don't have to become a Buddhist. You don't have to receive vows. The only reason I'm doing this is because I don't know of any other structure that would support what I have to say. And I wish to get in front of uh, as many of people as I can to point out to them, they're open to it, what it is I'm looking at. I've been to the moon and you haven't. And have I been to the moon? No, there's no moon. I've been there. Kayun. Kayun bowing. Two questions. The first is if one, if a student feels that the teacher's tone or approach is wrong, what is that showing us about our mind bowing? Could be, <laughs> Could be it could be you're not this isn't your teacher and it also uh could mean that that is a teaching that you're having difficulty with which is quite often what happens is we eh, i don't want to hear that so he, that person is to this or to that and it's not that that isn't happening relatively but if it's if you as i've said several times 
if you have a teacher, then everything that occurs, everything that occurs is the teaching. And that is being pointed out by your teacher, if you're if you can receive it. So you need to be a student 24 seven, to put it in the conventional parlance. You need to be you need to be on receive, receive. This is what you're training yourself to do. Sit down, face the wall, receive, receive this incredible, astonishing consciousness that is showing up as objects and things and devices and opinions and political orientations and just tons of insanity. You need to see it yourself, not believe something. Though the teaching person may be, there's all kinds of teachers. Some are just sweethearts. My, my, my teacher, Kobanchina Roshi, was very much a sweetheart. And he was a sweetheart to everybody. I sometimes say he's like, he's like a feather. He's very much like a feather. And he was a feather to everybody, except to me when I asked him to be my teacher, and he turned into a sword. Then he cut me. He was totally invisible. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He just barked at me a little bit. I'm extremely sensitive to criticism and have been since I was born. I still am very, very sensitive. That's how I teach. But there's no one who's sensitive. There's no solid being here anymore. I'm not bragging about how this wonderful person with no self. You don't have a self either. Look closely to see what this is. Whatever emotion arises in the mind stream has to be there. Why? Because it arose. We'll fight with anything. No more war forever. From now on. Whatever rises in the mind stream, it's dependently arisen. So everything else is behind it. You can't see, you can't see the tracks in the snow because there are no tracks and there's no snow. It's dependently arisen. It's this, this, this. There is no past, no future. That is an illusion. Don't believe anything I'm saying. The way to contemplate that is this is to sit down, face the wall. You're not contemplating anything. You're just watching what moves. That is the contemplation. That's why uh, Shikantaza is, as far as I'm concerned, is no different than Shine and Lakton or Shamata Vipassana or mindfulness awareness or any other of the structures, including tantric practices of creation completion. It's just more advanced. If I were to use that word, it's more difficult. Further questions? Cayenne Belling. <laughs> now I guess I have a third question, but what you just said, I'm realizing that when I receive what's in my mind, it's quite often very intense, which feels like warfare. What's the difference between abrasion and warfare, Bowing? But when I use the concept of warfare, I'm just saying we, we're going to war. We're fighting something. We're trying to push it away. We're against it. We don't want that to happen anymore. Um, and we may blame. There's all kinds of ways of doing that. We may actually attack something else, even in, in our own mind. We may try to cover it up with drugs or medications or, or going to the therapist. And I'm not against therapy, so don't take what I'm saying to assume I'm 
saying this or that. I think it's relative. You may need to take Prozac. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be you. I would say if something is available, then it's up to you. You you try it out. If you need a therapist, go to a therapist. But the, whatever's happening in the mindstream has its initial presentation that comes up, and then we do something with it. Don't do anything with anything. This is what you're training yourself to do, practicing shikantaza, sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, watch the movement. Probably that will get more and more boring, or eventually the boredom will run out because the consciousness is no longer tying itself up to some aspect of consciousness that thinks it is somebody and thinks it is having a feeling. The feelings are coming and going, but there's nobody there. Never was. We invented that self. We invented that to protect what? I don't know if, it's, if, it, if it ties into uh, half a million years ago, we were running away from saber-toothed tigers, and that's how we got used to being afraid of things, because they actually would catch you and eat you. But you are not the body. Those teachings, those teachings have been around for a long time. Sir, go ahead. Try and... I want... The other day, you you said something about AI, that thinking that AI is something else is going to come back and kick our butt. And you mentioned AI in the writing today. So I, I was wondering if you could say something about, or go more into that comment. Why, how, how is separating ourselves from the technology going to kick our butts, Bowie? Did I say that? Did I say separating ourselves from the technology? I think what you actually, Kai and Bowing, I think what you said the other day was thinking that it's something else. Thinking that AI is something else. Yes, I probably did say that. It's not. It's, it's not artificial. I mean, there, there isn't anything that's artificial. There isn't anything that's natural. It's a misunderstanding that shows up in order to get control of things. So it gets control of your mind stream in such a way because human beings generally are locked down on their concepts, their ideas, their philosophies, their opinions. Opinions get in the way of actually seeing truly what is there. Kayan Bowing, are you saying that the so-called intelligence or consciousness that's arising in AI is not separate from us bowing exactly i am very much so but it can be because of the separation because of the warfare because of the the political uh orientation that people have of being some are right some are wrong uh that can be used and what what's the common thing we hear all over the place weaponized irritating statement weaponized so yes, that's it. Depends on here again. Dependent origination. It depends on uh, who's using it and how bad it's going to get, or how good it's going to get, or if it could actually be used. I mean, it could be used to probably, if we had enough, a little bit of consensus going to maybe understand what the the avalanche of the climate change that is, is probably unstoppable because it's been misunderstood over and over again. Well, maybe maybe there's some possibility of getting some help from uh, using the human mind 
and supercharging that with um, uh, the technology that slowly coming to the fore it's possible but without mind training as i'm going to back to my original statement without the mind training if one is still hooked into right and wrong which i don't care if you're a uh you know a, a Whig or a tory you know you're going to be tied into right and wrong up and down we're right they're wrong we're right they're wrong if you're tied into that even though it's obvious to you that there are good guys and bad guys I mean, you can tell by their hats right it's obvious to you that this is not true and if you operate on that situation then you will blame some people and credit others and you'll be tied up in the, the original insanity that created um, dictatorships uh all of the crazy mania that's going on in the world with or in the, in the united states i won't go into that particularly but watch television for 10 minutes and you'll see it it's crazy people trying to figure things out using what logic and reason and right and wrong and all of that so uh, well, i'm my emphasis here is without mind training i don't care how smart you are without really seeing the, because it's identity that's getting in the way. We tend to want to protect our identity, our reputation, our, we need to be right, right and wrong. More? Cayenne? Painted cloud. Paint me another one. Cayenne Boeing. It reminded me of something Marshall McLuhan said, which is that all technology is an extension of some aspect of ourselves. Is it helpful to think of technology we're frightened of as ourselves, Bowie? Probably it is. But there again, I would come back and say, let's, let's train our minds. You don't have to be a Buddhist. I think it's helpful because you need some kind of a structure, some kind of a teaching. This goes back thousands of years. The, the concepts go back that far that are trying to explain or show or display what is happening in the mind stream, just like the, the four uh, uh, marks of existence, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, uh, on, on and on, all of the different structures, using that, bringing the in, intellect towards that so that you can see what, uh, what these teachings, these teachers have been endeavoring to point to. It's not about somebody up there watching us there isn't anybody anywhere there's no solid being there's just consciousness and it's consciousness god i'm not going to quote on or comment on that that's ridiculous we don't need that you don't need that kind of orientation what do you need find out who you are so you know who, who that is and i can tell you what you'll find out you won't find anyone you won't find anyone here you won't find any, any one out here any one any singularity anywhere you'll see see consciousness only and that may express itself by what you paint what you write what you say what who whom whom you love whom you hate i'm not kidding you here don't fix anything don't live up to some standard of love if you're living up to this any kind of standard then the very thing that you're supposed to be is being missed. Your own being, if you find out what this is deeply, then you will be what you're looking for. You'll just be that, and you'll not be, be concerned about outcomes. What will you be concerned about? Intention. It's about training the mind, not testing. 
That's about control. That's about that's a macho orientation. Completely dis- disrespectful, to put it very bluntly, of women or of the feminine principle. It's disrespectful, macho, control, control, control. You need to see that. Don't believe what I'm saying. I don't think that you will believe what I'm saying, but you also can't test me. Sharon Bowie. Go ahead, Karen. Or Sharon, I mean. When Sanho asked the question about um, pretending to be nicer than one feels, your response was that it's important to be responsible. I'm wondering if there's a difference between being respectful and being responsible, Bowie. So just putting it simply, being responsible means whatever is emotion is arising in your mind, that's your mind. It's your, not as a a part of ownership, but as in this body-mind complex, where if I hit my knee, you don't feel anything on your knee. I'm here as this form, temporarily. This is impermanent. But who this is, is uh, eternal. Not to get too fancy with the words, but it can't, it hasn't come into existence. The, the body has come in, but the, what this is, who this is and who you are has not arrived from somewhere else. It's this, it's just this, it's consciousness only. And there's no stopwatch running there. And so responsible just, just means uh, whatever emotion arises, receive it. If the wind blows, feel it. If the sun shines, feel that. If you bump into a wall, feel that. And what was the other word besides responsible? Respectful. Respectful, the way I say this, uh, and I've said it many times, is be respectful of your own confusion. Stop trying to fix yourself based on ideas about what's wrong. It's the very nature of confusion is to go after it with hammer and tong based on some standard or philosophy or something and trying to get what is eternal and is a spiritual path, bring it down to uh, shoeing horses out in the stable. This doesn't mean you don't shoe horses in the stable, but you don't, you don't make that some kind of philosophy. You just shoe the horse or leave the horse alone, carry it yourself. So be respectful of your own confusion so that you can see the nature of it. So you can see the nature of dependent origination. If if there's something that shows up and you call it confusion, you've just added on to it. Is that incorrect? No, it's just more dependent origination, but it's coming out of a self that thinks they need to comment on every damn thing. By not knowing something is confusion and by looking at something that used to call confusion, you begin to go deeply into the darkness. So why the, empty, the teaching of emptiness or shunyata is there. So you can, so that it will encourage you to go into that, not run away, go into it, be with all things, which is a third pure precept in our tradition, Soto Zen. Be with all things, whatever shows up, that's it. You don't have to, it's not some big endeavor to be with everything. We don't have to wax philosophical about anything. And so if you're respectful, uh, to go back to your question, uh, Sharon, if, you're, if you respect your own craziness, you stop trying to fix yourself, have, have some 
some understanding of what this is is dependently risen. There's no person here that needs fixing. There's no person here that's to blame for anything. I don't care how horrible what runs into your mind where you have the feeling that you want to kill somebody. How do I know that? I've been around for a while. I've been looking at this in my mind. And some people want to artificially clean things up and pretend they're sane or pretend they're bodhisattvas. A true bodhisattva has never left hell as long as there's a living being or, an, or a spirit that is trapped in the hell realm. They won't leave. They, will, they also won't grasp at uh, hammers and pitchforks and swords and start chopping everybody up. They might have to sit in the middle of that. They're not necessarily a hero. There isn't anyone there. There's just consciousness only. You have to see it. And how do you see it? By looking into the darkness. You don't look into the light. You may have to go into the light, but that's later on. Thank you. Thank you. So if you respect your own confusion by not trying to fix yourself, but being very aware of or responsible of the confusion, of the stuff that arises, anger because somebody said something or did something, or jealousy because somebody's got something that belongs to you or you think belongs to you, then just 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 feel the anger. Feel that. Be responsible. Be very, very kind to yourself. It's as if you're a three-year-old who's upset because they they broke their toys or someone took them or they can't find them. So, And if you do that, then you'll be able to do that for others. You'll be able to, because you'll not see when somebody comes at you with anger, instead of doubling up your fist behind off to your one side, ready to retaliate. Instead, you see the anger. You Because you're able to receive the anger, you're able to receive the... Pardon me. You're able to see through the anger into that which they're trying to cover up, their horrible suffering. Now, you may not have experienced this behind your anger, but there's still time. If you're breathing, you're still eating pork chops or whatever, and there's time to do this, get yourself to the wall, sit down, hold still, watch what moves so that when you get angry, angry or when somebody else gets angry, you can see that the anger is one of the three poisons, it's a very difficult one, but it's one of the easiest to see. Whereas passion is, you know, blaming somebody, it just looks correct. Uh, ignoring something, turning away is the other one. Ignorance, that's really hard to see. The very nature of it is to not look at something. But anger needs to be transmuted, to use a fancy term, into wisdom. And what is wisdom? Find out. Receive the anger without retaliation. Receive the angry look on someone's face who's coming towards you, who may have a point. You may have uh, kicked over their milk bucket. Receive that, and if you can receive that, then you'll see behind it that they're, they're covering up how they feel. It's a human condition, it's fear, and suffering. The Buddha said 2,500 years ago, life is suffering, not part-time. Chisho, go ahead. Fine. So if an outflow happens, in continuing the same question that Sharon is asking, if an outflow happens uh, to be genuine, 
I guess we'll have to just observe the outflow happening, isn't it? Like, for example, your outflow just now was an outflow. Bye. My outflow is of outflow. How do you know? That's what I perceive because it flew out, it came out of you. Bye. Yes, it does. It does. It came out of this, but it's just an outflow. You don't have to correct anything. It's, it's a relative situation. It's dependently arisen. So therefore, you don't have to be afraid of your anger or you just have to look at the intention behind it. If the intention is to see the truth, you may get angry. But you won't back it up with some kind of explanation about how you're just trying to be helpful. You're just trying to be a Dharma teacher. So you, the, the one who is a teacher uses everything. But the important thing is, what is the intention? Save all beings. And you are alone. You don't get help. You're alone. As the Buddha was alone. As you're alone. As we're all alone. There are no other beings. But we're not separate. The way to see that is through consciousness only. You see that the consciousness is showing up as all this myriad forms. The 10,000 things as it's traditionally addressed in the Buddha's Dharma. Actually, it's a lot more than 10,000. So the idea to bring it down to a, 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 a tight, intimate, personalized situation, if you get mad at somebody and you hear yourself barking at them, you might want to witness that for a little while before you try to correct yourself into a person who doesn't have outflows. That's the area that I think you're looking at. And I'm saying it's a very, uh, it's a very subtle and very, um, it's a very, subtle is a good word, and it's a very, um, it's almost secret. It's like so hidden, but we, we need to go into, into that area. And how do we do that? To see the difference between this and that, the very subtle level of duality, where all of this craziness in the world springs from, the war in Ukraine, etc., the war among the planets that are so far away we don't know about it yet, but we will. Consciousness will. You need to go into that. How do you do that? You find a situation where you can be very, very still and watch what happens in the consciousness. This is Shikantaza, and it's also other forms of, of meditation. Mahamudra, Sogchen, uh, the, the, the uh, teaching of, uh, of, um, of Byron Katie, the teaching of Ramana Maharshi, other people who are not Buddhists, the teaching of, uh, of uh, the, the, the uh, non-dual teacher, Tony Parsons, as it is, just this. People are doing this in different ways. The way I teach this is sit down, hold still, and watch the movement until you can see the discrepancy there between uh, thinking that that over there is separate from what is saying that over there, or this looking at this is se separate, that is separate from what is observing it. Further questions? Jiuzhan. Jiuzhan Boeing. If we see what this is, do we stop protecting a self? Bowing. Not necessarily. It's still dependently arisen. Dependent origination doesn't go away. It's, there's still a display happening, except the, the polarity in the situation, the, the locking down on this and opposing that and agreeing with that is, uh, is gone. That doesn't mean it won't come back, but it's still, it's just uh, an illusion. If it comes back, uh, I, I sometimes try to address that by referring to my ego as a clown on the roof. Well, sometimes the, the clown is on the roof, is, uh, looks kind of silly, the self-centeredness. 
Um, it's unreal. It's a clown. Uh, but sometimes it comes right through the roof and falls in my lap and, lap and takes over my vocal cords. What do I do with that? I watch it. Don't correct anything. You, you can't correct an illusion. You can only be aware of the illusion. And sometimes being aware of that illusion is not easy. Go ahead, Chisho. No? Juzan, do you have a further question? No, thank you. Chisho, do you have a? Yes, sir. Chisho Aing. Um, in response to my previous question, you talked about subtlety as we observe the outflow happening. Does that subtlety show up as a contrast? As a content? Content? No, contrast, Bhavi. Yes, very, very tiny, and and it's it's so tiny that it's that the, the back and forth quality uh, can be absconded with by whatever's left of your ego centeredness and and try to make it into something, try to solidify that. But if you just observe the separation, eventually you see that there's not two there. So the contrast will show up as a contrast, increasing or or encouraging the 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 mind uh, to go on and continue to separate everything else. So you have the illusion of control. You have the illusion of getting away from something scary or getting to, to something that is magnetizing or seductive on a very subtle level. So that's what's happening in Chikantaza. That's why you don't, when you're sitting, uh, that's why I encourage a uh, block sitting because a uh, uh, third, fourth hour of block sitting where you're, where you're not doing much at all, uh, the, the ego mind, and this isn't true with everyone, but somewhat tends to fall asleep there and consciousness is still, uh, observing, receiving uh, consciousness rather than the ego mind is is kind of aside, right in the consciousness, being the so-called receiver of what is occur, uh, what is arriving, what is arising. So that subtly you're talking about, yes, it gets very, very subtle, but the contrast is still there. Just observe, just observe. Don't conclude. No, no, it never has to seal up. It never has to cure itself. Duality is an illusion, so you don't have to get rid of it. But you have to see. Otherwise, you're deluded by your emotions and your thoughts, and you actually think that a really intense emotion of anger or intense emotion of anything, fear, is we think it's real, and we think we have to react, act, run away, run towards something, stop something, um, do something about it. Can take a little bit more time, Milka. Milka Bowing, a couple of questions from YouTube. Okay. Uh, David Bowing, can one do the type of meditation you teach using a Seiza bench? If so, do you have any suggestions for that, Bowing? The Seiza bench is fine. Uh, dining room chair is fine. Standing up wouldn't be too bad if you have chronic pain somewhere. Stillness is what is important, not necessarily the body position. But if we're going to go into body position, I would say sit as straight as your back, back will let you. Uh, which doesn't mean it's going to be the same as everybody else's back. Some people just naturally sit up straight and their back is straight, and some people have to work at that a little bit. So, but stillness, uh, David, stillness, and not maintaining stillness. It's more like uh, be as still as you can without without uh, some kind of a pushing, or, you know, a military kind of discipline. Don't do that. Stay as still as you can. You'll know there's a there's a, a natural sense or intelligence, a body intelligence that is telling you you need to relax a little bit, you need to stretch. 
and then return to the stillness. It's the returning to the stillness, not maintaining it. This is why, uh, go ahead. Next question, uh, Ross Bowing, is the only freedom there is to just look at all this? Bowing? That's not actually freedom, that's the path. The path is observing, look at, look at it, that's the path. And how that shows up for you or me or anyone is going to be quite a bit different. That's why I often say, don't, don't compare notes, study together, study the traditional material together, discuss it, talk about it, talk about your understanding of it, talk about your lack of understanding about it. But it's not important to learn in the conventional sense. It is important to learn by seeing that you don't understand. I'll say it again. It's important to learn by seeing that you don't understand what is being said here. And then what should you do? Come back and study more. Come back and study more. Return, 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 return. Don't run away because you don't understand it or find another thing to study necessarily. Yoka Bowing, uh, Igor from Croatia Bowing. Have you ever met people that managed to see this thing without going through that search, which can take decades? I haven't, it doesn't mean there aren't people there. The example I gave earlier, uh, Myron Katie is, is an example of what I call a spontaneous realizer. Someone who just, their karma is such. Whatever happened uh, three lifetimes ago or 50 lifetimes ago, somehow that's that part of consciousness just comes together as an individual for, for a short time and passes out, like called death. But while it's here, something about this possibly can uh, trigger that, trigger the insight where they would realize that they're not separate. But what I've seen, and I haven't seen everything, of course, but um, what I've seen is that even with that insight, it still takes more mind that one has to contemplate that or meditate for a while to really understand what they've just seen. Any kind of awakening that happened with Ramana Maharshi when he was 18 years old, he still had to go into a cave for 20 years to see what that meant to realize that he had just died and yet nothing died to see it nothing died and yet he had just died same thing with iron katie or or uh, the other famous one who's probably made bundles of money uh what's that guy's name or hair doll no he's the one that went on the raft Acosta. let's see don't don't tell me yet okay now tell me yeah Eckhart tola tole uh, very entertaining, just a sweetheart of a guy, if you've ever seen. Uh, but um, he, he didn't do this through meditation. He just sat on a park bench, as, as a story that I heard, and just suddenly realized that there wasn't anything. So then I think he sat there for a couple more years and, and then started to spontaneously teach about it. And what did he teach? He, he just taught out of his own enthusiasm for what he saw. And since he's so charismatic, no, he got all kinds of people wanting to hear about this wonderful thing that he saw. But did he teach people how to do this? You know, anyone who was a student of Eckhart Tolle who was awake? Probably not, because they probably wouldn't claim to be awake. They probably are sitting on park benches all over the world with feeding pigeons. So there's no way to to come back to the question. There's 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 no way to, it's just beyond kind of a relative kind of knowing I'm not saying there aren't people everywhere 
who aren't awake to the true nature of reality, which is my way of saying it from what I'm looking at is it's not separate. It's not the same. It's not separate. This didn't happen in a flash for me. All I'm seeing, that's, if I were to sum my, my understanding up in a couple of words, that would be it. I don't see two things anywhere. I don't see anything separate from anything else. That's the fundamental understanding. At the same time, I'm not pushing away or being disrespectful of somebody's illusion that they're a separate being. I relate to the separation where it's at. So some people I uh, relate to one way and some people I relate to a different way, especially if they're a student of mine. They're going to get a lot different treatment than, than they would get if they're, they aren't a student or they've decided not to be my student anymore. And am I done with them? I'm not done with anybody. There isn't anyone. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, how does looking at the separation help us see that there is no separation? Because you're actually you're you're actually focusing on a very low level of the illusion, that fundamental that area in the consciousness where there's no past, no future, other than what you remember, and there's not even any present. Those all those illusions, those descriptions of what we are deluded by, uh, are seen for what they are. This separates from that, and then this separates from that, and then we think about this. You just watch that, but you don't join it, and you don't run away from it and you don't ignore it. Whereas in our everyday life, we're constantly ignoring everything, treating it like it's a bunch of separate things and separate people and some people with, uh, with black skin, some people with white skin, some people who are uh, Croatian, some people are Cro-Magnons. So I guess those are those guys are gone. So maybe it's just the differentiation. We keep thinking there's something different there. It's called prejudice. It's called ignorance. And so going down and looking at that in a very simple area of just sitting still and watching Watching how we just don't want that, or watching how we want more of that, or watching how we're indifferent to that. Watching the three poisons on a very fundamental level. This is Shikantaza, as I understand it, and teach it. And you don't, nothing miraculous particularly is going to happen while you're sitting, although it could. What generally occurs with Shikantaza is you go to sleep, or you go climb in bed, or you feel like you just wasted your time. That's ego language. If you actually feel like you wasted your time, this is this is the ego getting worried. And it doesn't want you to do that because it knows that it will be seen as unreal. Yes, sir. Um, so by looking at the subtle differentiations. Observing them. Observing. Does that event, does the differentiations eventually stop or come together? Well, there's no guarantee of it, but yes, if you don't do anything with it, if you don't affirm, you don't deny, and you don't ignore, which are the three things that happen in, in the relative realm of the human realm or the realm of desire, wanting, not wanting, wanting to get rid of something, wanting more of something, or wanting to stop, shut down. It's the six descriptions of the realm of desire which you know about. And so don't do anything with it. Just watch it, observe it, observe it. And, and that way, the, the consciousness that is stuck to a self and believes and is operating out of hope and fear, paranoia, being abused, losing what you thought you had, and all of the other propaganda that comes up out of the ego, you see that it's unreal. It's, it's unreal. And who you actually are can't die. There's nothing to be afraid of. There isn't anything else. There's no elseness, and there, there can't be any fear. 
And so the very paranoia that comes up doesn't have to go away because you see that it's unreal. So it's like you're watching a movie all the time without commercials. That's it. There's more there. Andy Van, what makes it what makes that separation unreal? So the might better say what makes the lack of separation unreal. Because that's what you think you think that, that, yeah, that's, that that's what you think is unreal. You're the attorney. Let me have it. Come and get me. Well, I'm looking at the separation. Oh, are you? How can so. you look at separation? Because that's what I say. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. So what makes that It's being caught in the fundamental nature of what has been used as a teaching. This is unreal. This is not. And so by just saying something is unreal, that causes you to ask your question, what makes it unreal? And what would I say? I said so. Which is also unreal. Are you following me? No. How can you possibly be an attorney and not follow me? Objection. <laughs> Objection sustained. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for playing with me. Further questions? Good questions. There's more there, though. That's why I said there's more there. I'm saying there, I, I can't, I don't think, but you think. And so I'm saying, bring that thinking to me about what you're pulling apart and looking at and inspecting so that I can comment on that as your teacher, okay, now or later, okay, yes. You often say that things are unreal. Yes. Are you saying that separation is unreal? Everything is unreal. Separation, no separation, any, any statement is definitely risen. But what is being pointed at, this is why the, in ancient times, the finger pointing at the moon was used, because if you, if the moon is enlightenment or awakening, and the finger or the teachings or the teacher pointing at that. And so, but when you look, when you actually look at the moon, you, the finger's gone. So that's scary. No reverence point. Not even the moon. So your answer to Andy uh, was because I said so? This question, if I recall correctly, was what makes separation unreal? You said because I said so. That's what I said. So why, why didn't he point that out to me, that what I was doing, like you're doing right now? There, there isn't anyone here. And the illusion there's someone here will, will perpetuate the idea that Somebody's right, somebody's wrong. One who sees that this is neither right nor wrong is not trapped by anything. Keep going. So when you say, when you're bowing, when you say there isn't anyone here, yes, we see a body. Well, the body's here, your body's here. We're not saying, we're not denying relative truth, and it becomes even more intense and powerful 
food tastes a certain way, sound tastes a certain, or so, uh, seems a certain way. What we're hearing, we're very sensitive to that, and it becomes even more more real, more distinct in being something we really like or something we don't like. But there's no there's no being here that is in, in any way enhanced or endangered by anything. Everything is is just it's it's just what it is. It, it has a it has an apparent separation, which is an illusion. But we, we can you can actually enjoy the illusion. You can even in, enjoy the paranoia if you see that it's unreal. Just see that your anger is actually rising. Uh, because it triggered some aspect in your consciousness, but you see that that's unreal. So you might smile, you might you might get angry actually, but you also might just smile. It might be an inside smile. You just see the humor in everything that you're <laughs> that you're um, buying into this or selling that, but it's unreal. So what I'm talking to Andy. Andy is his questions. And not accusing Andy of anything. Andy's questions are based on a thinking process that's going towards this and away from that. And the way I'm responding is without any position. So that's why it's humorous. Not taking any position. It's impossible to not take any position. But it is possible to stop taking positions. So therefore, there's just this, and which you're not separate from. None of you are separate from this. It's the, it's the truth right now, but the path leading to that can be arduous because we, we have so many barriers, mind barriers, beliefs, opinions, structures that have been cultural stuff that is in the way of what is this? What is the relationship between two people? The culture will tell you what it is. Right now, the whole place is coming apart because people are trying to express their relationship to sexuality, which they're, you know, the biological thing is there. But it's somewhat beside the point when it comes to the mainstream. The mainstream is going to go any different direction it wants to. And this is what's happening in our society. And this is why people get freaked out by that, because that's that's too unstable. We can't do that. We can't have someone who uh, has some kind of midway point between male and female. Well, that's actually the truth. There are, there are no males and females. This is an illusion that is created by this apparent reality here. Just to go off on another tangent. More? Sharon. Sharon Bowie. Yes. When Chiso, Chiso asked Chiso. you about outflow, when you kind of teared up emotionally and you said to him, how does he know it's outflow? For my experience, it felt very charged. And then my mind sort of went to just this. Um, which is a rarity for me to be with that or to recognize that or to feel it or to see it. Um, so my question is, with your teaching, there are those moments and whether or not I'd label, label it outflow or not, I think probably is irrelevant. I don't think I do that, but I, I have a deep sense of truth. I'm trying to think what my question is. Because it feels important to me. It feels like these moments. Take your time. Is. 
So when that occurs, is it just that bowing? Uh, probably not exactly, uh, because uh, the occurrence, non-occurrence is still polarized. Uh, it, it needs to be seen. It never goes away. It's always this. And it becomes very ordinary, very flat. And yet anything can happen. Any, any immediate ballet of the mind can start flowing in the mind without being summoned. And what do you do with that? You don't give credit. You don't give blame. You don't analyze. You don't project. You just receive it. And it could be said to be enjoyment. It could be said to be bliss or not. There's no positionality as far as the emotions. They can be, they can come and go, but they don't belong to an emotionator. There's no self behind any of that. It's not something we can particularly figure out. So what, what I'm saying, what I would be saying to you, what I am saying to you is just continue to practice, continue to set your, 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 your question and the way you're characterizing how you're relating to it are, are appropriate. I mean, it's not that I would correct you, but I'm saying just keep going. You, you've just described a position. Uh, I mean, I'm going to call it a position on the path where you're beginning. Something is starting to crack, starting to come apart. And I'm saying, as I often say to people, I have students, not a lot, but I have some students who are very in very great dire straits, to use the, that term. Uh, but they're strong practitioners. And they, and what do I say? Keep going, keep going. I'm sorry you're having this difficult. I'm sorry this is so difficult for you. Practice anyway. Practice hard. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Come back to the cushion. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Train the mind. Maybe you're a Buddhist. Maybe, you not, maybe you're not. But if you're a student of mine, then I'm a Buddhist monk. And so I'm teaching what I understand, understood was the Buddha's Dharma, the Buddhist truth, the awakened truth of the Buddhist teaching. So that's what you're headed for, whether you want to officially be a Buddhist or not. Not my business. But if you're hearing me, then whatever shows up in, the, in your mind has a right to be there. And any position that might show up is probably going to change as you go on the path. Sometimes they turn that into stages on the path. I don't do that. I'm saying that everything is uh, everything is it. So wherever you're at, but if you describe a particular sinkhole you're going through, a particular windstorm or cyclone of your own emotionality, just receive it. What is real is not threatened. Who you actually are can't be threatened. Who you think you are is in big danger, especially if you're on the path. This is why it's sometimes characterized as uh, dangerous. Even Trungpa Rinpoche said, better not to get on the path at all. But if you do get on the path, be sure and finish it. In other words, intend, intend. That doesn't mean the relative kind of idea of becoming enlightened. It means the intention. So that even if your body-mind collapses, the intention never goes away. The intention, the intention to see the truth, the intention to save all beings cannot vanish because it's an intention. Wulong. Wulong bowing. Um, you mentioned anger, and uh, for the most part, anger has usually been viewed as something that is covering up something else. Um, in, in many spiritual circles, um, that it's veiled grief. Mm. But I'm saying that that can also be a way of leaving uh, or stopping the investigation, assuming that it's something. So my 
question is what, what might anger be that is not covering up anything that might be intelligence, that might be wisdom? What makes anger, what might make anger wisdom? Bowing. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't know if it's impossible, but it would be difficult to go in and search through and find out what was, what caused this, caused that, caused that, caused that. But the person who is awake, use the traditional word for it, may, the anger that may show up in that uh, situation could be about uh, relating to, uh, it's, it's, an, it's energy. And so uh, the personalized part of it is, uh, is uh, concluded or imagined or imputed. Uh, there's, there's somebody who's anger, angry. But if the anger is just uh, without hatred, it's just uh, operating, just operating in the, uh, with the relative situation that's coming up. So anger, uh, uh, passion, uh, grasping, um, shutting down, distracting yourself from one, th one, from one thing to another and not really looking closely at something. These can all, all, all operate in consciousness be, as, as long as there's a human form here, even though there's a, a being might be enlightened or awakened or something like that, doesn't mean that they, they are no longer a human being. So they may operate in that area, but there's no, there's no demand for anything. Someone may get angry. If it's a, uh, if it's a teacher and a student, the, the teacher may be trying to reach that student, assuming they still are a student, and the only way that they seem to receive anything is through intense uh, force. So that's why these Zen people use sticks sometimes. In ancient times, it was more, what, more accepted, I guess, for you know, because of the warrior clan and warrior mentality. So I would say it's uh, the way you would know, you can feel that in, in yourself, you can feel that you're angry or something, but it doesn't, it doesn't demand some kind of somebody change their behavior. There's no demand. There's no otherness to it. It's just the just the anger, and it's it's without a self and it's without an other, but it is dependently arisen. As long as you have uh, uh, ears, you're probably gonna, occasionally going to have an earache. You can't get away from dependent origination, uh, even even when the body mind passes into uh, into the intermediate state. The consciousness does, and the body mind passes into the elements again. Goes back into fire, earth, water, and air. Uh, there's there's still the consciousness there, and it still can be colored by, flavored by uh, the relative truth that was just uh, previously embodied. This is why we have ghosts. People were really confused. They die, and they continue to think they're alive. And so they keep wandering around in somebody else's kitchen, disturbing the appliances. We all, we all have heard stories of this. I certainly have. Is it true? I don't know. Sure or not. Looks like it. Something's going on there with consciousness uh, with someone who has passed on. Thank you. Jews, I'm bowing. It looks to me like grasping shows up in my mind stream in a bunch of different directions, but the craving isn't clear. Do I need to see the craving clearly? It might be necessary to back up into it a little bit and see where see look more at the source of it where it's coming from so but you don't do that with the thinking process necessarily it's just consciousness only so just be aware of it it's just the awareness of that 
and how you back up into that, uh, I don't have any specific instructions other than sit a lot, and you already sit quite a bit, as I recall. Are you sitting more than 20 hours a week? Not usually. 15? Usually. Okay. Probably enough. Okay, I think we can go elsewhere, close. Thank you so much for attending and for your, um, for your questions too, to help me uh, try to bring out what it is I'm contemplating, I guess. I don't know, thinking about? Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.